Section Zero of the Golden Spears and Other Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Golden Spears and Other Fairy Tales by Edmund Leamy. Preface It comes to me as a very welcome piece of news and yet a piece of news which I have been long expecting, that a special American edition of Edmund Leamy's Irish fairy tales is about to be published. This, then, will be the third issue of the little book. I venture to predict that it will not be the last, and I fancy the American publisher, who has had the judgment to take the matter up, will soon be rewarded for his enterprise. For I believe the book to be a little classic in its way, and that it will go on making for itself a place in the libraries of those who understand children, and will hold that place permanently. This is the verdict of competent literary judges. I am spared the necessity of attempting a discussion of the grounds on which so strong an opinion of Leamy's fairy tales is based by the fact that this is already done in Mr. T. P. Gill's introductory note. Mr. Gill, though he was, like myself, one of Leamy's intimate friends, is a conscientious critic, and to his analysis not merely of the tales, but of that attractive personality which Leamy infused into all he said or wrote, I can safely refer the reader. I think no one of taste and judgment who reads these tales will fail to agree with the view which is expressed in that note, and which I hear with some confidence, venture to reiterate. My chief hope with regard to this American edition is that when it has made its mark with the general public, as it is sure to do, it will be taken note of by those who are specially concerned with education. Leamy, while a public man, a patriot steeped in the lore of Ireland's past and ever weaving generous visions for her future, was before all things else a child lover. That was his own, his peculiar endowment. He had an exquisite gift with children and seemed always able to speak directly with the higher parts of their nature. It is this, I think, which is evident in every page of these tales, and which gives the book its unique character, one to whose judgment on an educational matter I attach the greatest value writes to me these words, for refining influence, for power to stimulate the sense of beauty, the tenderness the sentiment of nobleness of the child's soul. I can imagine no volume more worthy of a place on the bookshelf of the people's schools. Having myself often witnessed this influence at work, I can emphatically endorse this opinion. I say I hope American educators may agree with it, for if they do, our educators here at home will follow so distinguished a lead. Of Edmund Leamy in his personal aspect, I have already said something in my preface to the Dublin edition. I need only add here that this true-hearted Irishman had many friends on the American continent, and that to them this little flower of his genius will be a vivid and abiding souvenir of one of the most lovable of men. If this book have the success in America which it deserves, and I hope that success may be extended to Canada and Australia's, I believe a charming and ennobling boon will have been conferred upon the child life of these great communities.
and it will be a source of gratification to those who were the author's friends and colleagues to think that that gift came from one by whose side we had the honor to serve in Ireland's struggles. J. E. Redmond Ike Vonog, June 1911 End of section 0